Thank you so much for joining me today on another episode. And as always, I appreciate your support and your company. So thank you. Uh, today's topic, I think, is going to be an interesting one for me because it is something that, as a therapist and also as a woman, I've experienced these continuous patterns in the lies we tell ourselves when we're in a relationship, especially a long-term committed relationship. Often people tell me, you know, I went to marriage therapy and uh, still stuff is not, it's not worked out. It's not working. But this is the thing. I think marriage therapy would work if both people are on the same wavelength. And I think more importantly, they both are working on their own individual treatment because <laughs> they have to process a lot of baggage that cannot be processed in a marriage counseling session. Make sense? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me, for example, just to be working on the couple's relationship and to say that there's nothing wrong going on with the individual, that there isn't any unfinished business or baggage that they need to sift through personally, which results in their ability to commit or not commit in a relationship appropriately or whatever the, the issue is in the relationship, whether it's finances or sex, expectations, I don't know, communication, I don't know. All that would work best if it's addressed on an individual basis first. I think if you were to ask me whether I would go for marriage counseling or individual counseling, hands down, individual counseling. And why I say that is because you are the person who's in this relationship and you're still a person who is a daughter, a mother, a son, a father. You're still all those things, um, not just in the marriage. <laughs> Does that make sense? You are everywhere you go. The relationship with you is in everything that you do. And when that's not addressed and is not worked with, it just doesn't make sense to work on a relationship and not address the specific individual baggage that this person, any person, you, me, that brings into a relationship. Um, we, we cannot discount the individual part. So I hope this kind of clears up some curiosities for you. Again, this is a personal preference as a therapist and also as a human being. I found the biggest bang for the buck for me is when I started working on myself. And from that place, I was able to deal with me, Tala, at work, Tala with her son, Tala with her mother, Tala with anybody. I was able to deal with that from that place much easier, much easier uh, than think that I can, I, I need to be a better friend, a better mother, a better blah, blah. It's all these things are just a side effect beautifully when you work on the relationship with yourself, as I always say. So today's topic is about the stuff that we tell ourselves in a relationship that keeps us in self-denial, in the denial of labeling things as what they are. Because I guess if we don't label them, then we can stay in confusion. If we continuously say, well, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It's a common thing that people say when I ask them, okay, so what do you think you should do in this situation? It's a very common thing for a client or a patient to say, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, who knows if you don't know? Is your next door neighbor going to know? Is your uh, ex-husband going to know? Is your co-worker going to know? Who's going to know about you more than you? So if you're keeping yourself in a state 
confusion, that is the first lie that we need to get the heck right out of. The first lie. Because when we keep ourselves in a, in a state of confusion, then we don't have to answer or solve the problems that we have. We almost uh, relieve ourselves from the responsibility of taking ownership for the part that we have to do in the relationship. Not what the other person has to do, what we have to do. So this thing I, of denial in relationships I find to be very... God, it's it keeps people stuck. It keeps people stuck in relationships where they don't need to be. Or it keeps them stuck from working through the, what they need to work through in a relationship that can help it expand or grow into a healthy relationship. So I hope that gets you started on what I'm trying to say. So I found out, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, six things that people say to themselves that keeps them in denial, keeps them in the I don't knows or keeps them in a state of confusion. And it's funny enough, a lot of the things that is addressed in marriage therapy. So uh, when I tell you these things, they're kind of like myths that people have, that little lies that we tell ourselves so we don't have to deal with stuff in a relationship. And there also could be red flags if you're doing them. You know, sit down with yourself and, and ask yourself, what is it that I need to be honest with myself with? What do I need to confront? But those little habits that I want to talk about are just just a few that I found prominent in working with people that are trying to work on their relationships, their romantic relationships. So the first myth or lie dishonest little lie that we tell ourselves, especially when we show up to marriage counseling, is that we need to work on communication. First of all, I want to give my love and respect to all marriage counselors because they have a rough job. Almost almost every time, one or, uh, one or both of the couples that go to marriage counseling will think or perceive that the therapist is siding with one person more than the other, which tells me that Unfortunately, a therapist, a marriage therapist is like a referee and they're used unfortunately as a referee in the session to determine which person is right and which person is wrong. That's why I think that it's tricky when we have a marriage counseling session with two people in there. One is trying to prove that they're right and the other one is trying to prove that they're right. And so it becomes a big cockfight and it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. And it does not produce anything that I think is very useful. So one person is going to be offended if the therapist points out that this one of the couple, one of the members of the couple has a, has a point. You know, if the wife has a point or her husband has a point, ooh, the other person will be offended. We'll try, we'll try to use the excuse that the therapist is siding with one person over the other. Again, I don't think that's very useful. That's why let's take the ego out of this whole thing and just do individual counseling. So let's go back to communication. Commonly, we address communication in counseling and the lies that we tell ourselves is that we, we're gonna, we want to learn the proper way to communicate with our partner, to tell them what they need, what we need them to do and how we need them to treat us and how we need them, uh, I don't know, basically nonsense, nonsense. If you have a communication pattern that's terrible, okay, it started way before and it started because the boundaries were not clear. First of all, it starts with the individual. When we start getting in a relationship, a lot of the times we'll excuse 
ways of communication or dismiss them and we don't put a stop to them in the beginning. What ends up happening is that a person ends up crossing a boundary every time, a little at a time until a big one gets crossed where it just turns into something that you're like, what the hell just happened? We can't communicate with each other. Of course you can't because there's something that happened way in the beginning that would have gotten it to this place. So make no mistake. We're not just born all of a sudden into a relationship and the communication is shitty. Nope. The communication starts from the beginning. It's our gauge that chooses this person and we choose what we will take in a relationship or what we will not take in a relationship. And if I needed to go, if I need to go tell someone how to talk to me, uh, I mean, it's nice, but you, they already heard it plenty of times, <laughs> plenty of times from you. They already heard it. There's no magical way that you can tell a person what I need you to get out real quick when it comes to your denial and your lies you tell yourself is that they already know and the fact that their actions are not conveying whatever it is that you're wanting them to do is something you need to look at, is something you need to consider as a truth. I don't want you to stay in that fantasy that if I tell them just the right way, they'll get it. They'll learn that lesson and I'm the one that's going to be teaching them the lesson. Get out of here with that. That's just disappointment written all over it. Just just, just move along. We don't, we don't need to keep doing that. So communication is an indicator of boundaries established early on and it's also an indicator of compatibility between the two people ask yourself in the beginning was the compatibility based on just sexual attraction physical attraction or was it based on communication and our ability to respect one another and where was the weight of that relationship placed and from that place you are able to kind of track what we were able to excuse from early on until where it's at right now in the relationship. I always say, you don't need anybody else to tell you what you're seeing, okay? Or confirm what you're seeing in your own relationship. You don't need anybody else to tell you that. You're right there. So bringing a third party, a therapist, for example, or a friend or a mother to side with you is nonsense. It keeps you out of self-honesty and responsibility for what you need to do. So keep a third party out. And start trusting and being honest with what you're seeing in your relationship. What's not working in the way you're communicating and what is not working, what is not changing. I need you to see it. I need you to see it. The second lie we tell ourselves in a relationship that keeps us in denial and confusion is the, I know he or she loves me, but basically if you have to do that in a relationship, you're making excuses for the person and we do this sometimes when it comes to their drinking habits when it comes to the fact that uh, they have an addiction oh he's a man he can't be uh, faithful or she's a woman she's always emotional and I have to deal with her emotional craziness no <laughs> no these are things that are indicative of an unhealthy relationship. A little bit of that here and there sometimes happens, but a continuous way of uh, justifying or not seeing people as they are in a relationship is just full-blown self-denial, self-dishonesty, self-dishonesty. You won't like it. You won't. So stop making excuses. And if your comment... <laughs> Your self 
talk starts with I don't I know he loves me or she loves me but um, they have an addiction they are, they drink a lot blah 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 no a but does not should not exclude other aspects of the people that uh, that that we're with that we need to see like it should not be like by the way side note he's an alcoholic no mm, or she's a she's a emotional and she's explosive no 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 none of that none of that this is also another issue of boundaries but most importantly again the issue is self-denial in a relationship it's going to keep you confused stuck in this cyclical nasty pattern in this marriage or this commitment committed relationship the third point i want to present to you guys is uh what i call when it comes to denial and self-denial in a relationship is the Facebook relationship is what I call it, or the fake bake relationship. I call it to those two things, but they mean the same thing. And basically, it's the relationship that's very uh, concerned with image. And it's this one is it, we. I understand there's a little bit of that that we when we go out to to dinner with our friends or something we we put on a little bit of a an image. But you'll see those really authentic couples that just they will be open in their communication and they're respectful but you can still sense their sincerity and their uh their little spice in their personality their personality is not stomped the heck on but in the in the issue of the fake bake relationship or the facebook relationship this is significant it's a significant Im- image that 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 significant difference in the image that they present outdoors in front of people and indoors but when they're by themselves it's a big big difference big difference and you'll see this where it's one partner they're usually quiet in front of people because they're afraid to say something that the the other partner is not going to like or you know they're they're stomped on in some form they're they're not open in their communication and then how this also looks when they get home is that they may be stomped on too but it's even worse right outward outward presentation is that they could look like they're respectful or you know but in indoors it's like you know they're they're being abused (laughs) and I'm not laughing because it's funny I'm laughing because it's real like I see it so much in relationships that this this Facebook thing is not is not what we think it is, you know, and and people think that that's what life looks like. These dinner parties and people taking pictures on the beach and they're all smiling and there are tons of friends and they're all drinking and that's what life looks like. And it is it is false, my friends. It is false. These are what glimpses of life, little snippets of life look like, but it's not everything. It's not the whole thing. We need to kind of keep away from thinking in things as extremes so if if you are in a relationship where the outdoor presentation or the image that you present to people as a couple is different than the indoor relationship then please consider looking at this honestly honestly you know look at what you're what's happening honestly again nobody else is in that relationship except you and the other person i don't need anybody else involved or anybody to confirm for you that it is wrong if it's unfair it's unfair people um if you're being abused you're being abused that's it and we need to confront that all right the number four uh, point or lie that we tell ourselves or thing that we engage in that 
is, is a lie, is the workaholic partner or partners. <laughs> You never know. It could be both of them. Anybody who's a workaholic is a form of addiction, right? It's a form of escape from reality. And when I see a workaholic, somebody who takes pride in their work and they think that they cannot be replaceable and, oh my God, I'm so important at work and blah, blah, blah. They're trying to, in some form, compensate. This is one reason. They compensate for what they don't have in their personal life, so they get their value from their work. Another way that we use workaholism is by escaping from emotional availability to our family. When we don't know how to deal with our family's concerns, our family's uh, emotions and, and interactions, we tend to work. And it's almost a glorified way to escape. Nobody's going to tell you, oh no, you can't work. But again, it should make you cringe because it's an extreme. So anything that would be an extreme, I mean, it could be just something wonderful that you like to work and you enjoy your job. But if you get, if you're, if you're a workaholic, that's an extreme and it's something to be looked at. It's a form of escape, again, form of denial, like right in your face denial. I don't even want to be at home. There's something to that. Listen, I'm replaceable at work. You're replaceable at work. But to my family, I'm irreplaceable. There's no one like me. To my loved ones, they're going to be surrounding me on my deathbed. My work, my accomplishments will not be surrounding me. They will not be. But those people that I love, I will live on in their memories even after I pass on. So that's the beautiful thing about that. When I have that prioritized properly, trust me, it's much more balanced way to live than going to one extreme like workaholism or the other extreme where I just don't even want to work at all. Like, of course, unless you are a stay-at-home parent, which just implies in itself that's just a whole 24-hour job. So we don't want to go to extremes. Also, workaholism too. There's comments that we say if you're like the main provider in the home that really indicates that there's some... Uh, lack of a better technical messed up stuff going on that's that's what i'm gonna say messed up stuff going on you know like you're that you have that mentality i bring home the bacon so i'm entitled to rest and relaxation and i've got no other responsibility besides work i'll get the hell out of that that's just real you just just you're in you're in denial and if you're with that person you're in denial that they're they've just checked out being a partner is being a partner in all areas right we want the fair or the equality there just because I work all day long, I'm not going to check out from my, my child. I'm going to be right front and center and be emotionally available for him. I, if I am working too much, I can't use that excuse to check out from my family. That's a lie, right? That's a lie. So watch out if this is happening. Watch out. The bring home the bacon. I'm the provider and everybody has to, everybody has to just get out of my way because I will take it out on you. <laughs> And I'm entitled to doing so. No, you're not. No, you're not. Newsflash. You are not. Okay. Number five point that I want to make is uh, you've sometimes we've got the extremes in responses in relationship. And this has to do with communication. So it's just an addition to communication problems. But it's dealing with our re reaction or responses in relationships, which tends to be one uh, of two extremes. Like either I'm an avoidant where I just walk out. <laughs> I just kind of in the middle of conversations, how I deal with my problems, go walk out and avoid. 
and go lock myself in a bathroom, or the explosive. I keep things up inside of me, uh, and I exp- uh, and then eventually I explode because I've had enough of you, and I just tell you about yourself, or I'm just naturally reactive. Uh, it's naturally explosive from the way I've been trained since childhood. Either way, if you're holding back, which is avoiding, or becoming explosive, it is an extreme. Holding back, specifically avoiding, is, uh, you, I mean, you're in some forms, you could be feeling abused emotionally, or you can use the silent treatment <laughs> as a passive aggressive way to deal in a relationship. All this just keeps us in self-denial of what we need to look at and fix in a relationship. It's like those little habits, you guys, that just keeps it just so uh, complicated and, 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 and difficult to solve because everybody's lying to themselves and blaming the other person. They're shifting blame on one another and nothing is getting resolved. Nothing, nothing, because I'm either avoiding or I'm, I'm going to be explosive as hell and you're going to hear me. In this relationship, I imagine that the common way to re- be heard is by being one extreme or the other. You've established this way of communication where we just yell at each other or we just hold back and silent treatment and passive aggressive and just, eh. you know, we, we, do, we do either extremes to be heard. And there's no proper healthy communication going on. Open engagement. No, it's like I have to withhold something that's pretty important because I'm afraid of your f- explosive ass or whatever the case is i'm talking about extremes here my friends okay just keep that in mind too extreme not too great not too great finally the lie that we tell ourselves quite often is the i don't know i don't know i feel trapped (laughs) i just feel trapped oh god (laughs) please don't say that you're not you're not trapped. If you're a grown woman or grown man, you are not trapped. If you are not being held in cell block nine (laughs) under 24 hour observation and one hour rec time, you are not, you are not trapped. Okay. You're not trapped. You're not in a prison cell. You can move about, make whatever decision. The thing is when I say the word trapped, it keeps me lying to myself because it's kind of giving me it keeping me in limbo of what the truth is and what I hope things would be <laughs> I'm not able to discern at this point what is fantasy and what is a factual fact factual pattern right in front of me like the thing that never just it's a cycle it's a cycle I'm not looking at the cycle and calling it what it is I'm at this point saying well I hope one day it gets better oh no just stop just stop just stop look at it call it what it is it's not trapped you're not trapped again there's no warden that has to have the key to to give you to to give you release and that's nonsense not nonsense i don't need you to do any of that or think any of that as being real you're not trapped you can get out at any time and that's the beauty of free will at any time you can make a decision that serves your higher good Don't count on anybody else that can make that decision for you or better than you can about you. Nope. You're the only one that can make the best decision for your higher good. Nobody else can do it. Not even a therapist. (laughs) Uh, This is all I got for the lies that we tell ourselves in 
committed relationships, long-term relationships, they might keep the relationship going longer, right? Because when we don't have to confront things and call them what they are, and we just stay lying to ourselves and live in this hope, then we don't have to solve the problem. But what kind of relationship, what kind of relationship do we have with ourselves at this point? And are we becoming, are we living out our full potential? Or are we just existing? I want you to think about it. Get out of denial and start confronting. Start calling at minimum. What you need to start is just calling shit like it is. It is what it is. Calling it. Even if it hurts to call it that. Just call it. Call it. Start there. Again, thank you guys so much for um, hanging around with me. I'm sending you love, inner peace, light. This has been an episode of Drive Through. Thank you.